Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hourglass of Isabella. I'm joined tonight with the lovely Michael Corvus. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> what are we going to be discussing today? Cartoons. Cartoons. Those wacky, zany cartoons. Yes, which I think all of us, whether children or adults, have enjoyed in some fashion or another. And I thought this would be a great thing to discuss because it's such a varied topic. And there are cartoons that are quite dark, and then there are cartoons that are quite light. And I really want to delve into both aspects. It's actually the second time we've attempted to record this. But what I was saying previously is the first ever cartoon ever made traditionally is this thing called Phantasmagory. And it was a French cartoon. Uh, made in 1908, I believe that's correct. We did uh, the research, that is correct. So, yeah. August 17th, 1908 is when it first came out, and it was almost like a series of stick figurines, and it took over 700 drawings to make. And then today, as we know it more popular, I think we can all agree, Walt Disney really, really kind of popularized what we know the cartoons to be today and was the founding father of that. And we were just talking about first proper American cartoon being Snow White, which is when? Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was, I think it was produced in 37, but it came out in 38. Yes. Which is, I think, why we had the difference. We had a difference. We were talking about timelines. So let me ask you this, jump into the fun stuff. What is your favorite cartoon? Oh, God, well, so there's... Any, all time. uh, I would say the Venture Brothers, right? The Venture Bros. Yeah. yeah, that is an amazing piece. Of, and I would agree, that is probably your favorite animation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the one I've seen the, uh, most frequently. Now, I mean, we all have our, our, our classics. You know, there's the ones you grow up with. There's yes, the ones that, that you, you adopt. And there's the ones that you are, are still on your uh, on your plate, even as an adult. And uh, I, I guess to answer that question is, you know, which one do you watch most frequently Frequent, or rewatch? Or rewatch. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, if you would say also, we talk about the classic Disney cartoons. Do you have a favorite Disney cartoon? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, um, it's oh, one more of a like. more modern era, but uh, Emperor's New Groove would probably be one of my favorites. Emperor's uh, New Groove is great. And what makes that particular movie or cartoon rather so great is the comedy. Yeah. injected into it and originally I don't know if you know the backstory of the animation they were going for a lot more serious plot line and then they actually gave up on that because they were worried about but it, the budget and it would clash with the public so they actually turned it into a comedy which I think is the best thing they could have ever ever done for that yeah, but, and you know what's likened to that you know that? the road to El Dorado oh, it's God, not yeah, a Disney but Similar style. Very similar style. Yeah. yeah very comedic. Very, very good funny. timing. Yeah, comedic timing on that one. Yeah. Do you have a favorite dark cartoon? Like an adult cartoon or something that's particularly. Like I was saying, mine earlier is Watership Down, which oh, is about these oh, rabbits. Yeah, that's, that, that's a great one. I mean, I like. I, I don't know. It's, it's half lighthearted, half serious. Certainly adult, but I like. Uh, uh, some of the heavy metal films. Uh, well, the heavy metal is yeah. a fantastic yeah. example of adult animation, and I'll never forget that green light, the green orb, you know, and mm-hmm. how powerful that was to watch. And of course, uh, who's the girl with the silver hair? And she rides upon the parrot oh. type creature. Yeah, you know, if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. Yeah, so uh, she's uh, she's uh, you know got all this body armor on, and it's very classic looking. Kind of, we were talking about you like a Conan 
the oh. barbarian, right? But very much in that <laughs> style of early superhero. Trying to force you to watch that for the third time. So yeah. yes, and we will we'll totally, we we'll absolutely take the time to watch that. I feel, and uh, so you like you like Venture Bros. You said your absolute favorite. Yeah. That is about oh, Okay, so like, you know, growing up, I think probably my favorites would have been a lot of the Warner Brothers cartoons, particularly the... Uh, Bugs Bunny? Bugs Bunny, right. Yeah, like, um, depending on when you grew up or when you cut your teeth on cartoons, you would see that <clears throat> a lot of these were broadcast on television and they were kind of repurposed or remade into the, the format of the time. But a lot of these originally were like your eight-minute shorts that appeared... Uh, I mean, you, you rewind the clock, you go back in, like, you know, wartime era, like World War II, or later in the 50s, you, you, you pay your quarter, you mm-hmm. go in, you, you watch a movie, you have, like, a, uh, you have a newsreel, you have, like, a feature, you have a cartoon, you have a main feature, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. so they, these eight-minute shorts would be in between movies, it was an entire thing, it wasn't just a single movie. in between a movie. Right, so, I mean, their, their original audience was, now, it, they weren't, their original audience was primarily adults. They weren't really, okay, that's you know, working to uh, towards, towards kids. But it wasn't anything, like, so beyond the pale that kids couldn't watch it or anything. But you see a lot of the humor in the original uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons or whatnot was meant to make adults laugh. Do you know the, the, the strange story about Bugs Bunny? Hmm. Well, about how it came, how one? it really came to be? So Walt Disney was trying very hard, and he failed, to be fair, a lot of times. He was a dreamer, and he had, big, as we know, big goals, aspirational things he wanted to live up to. And uh, for the most part, he kept failing. He was consistently running out of money. People consistently would fuck him over. And at one point, he was designing a cartoon character for a company, and he designed a rabbit which then what we know today as Warner Brothers, which it wasn't called Warner Brothers back then. I forget the name, I think it was Lenore, you guys can correct me. But the chap who had it had a different name, beginning of L, and he basically stole the rabbit away from him and made it into Bugs Bunny. And Walt Disney then said, well, I never fucking liked that rabbit anyway. I'll make a mouse. And so Walt Disney made a mouse, which we know as Mickey Mouse today, being incredibly famous. But he even back then was the father of invention so much and had so much dream power and desire to create the... I I love cartoons because it brings something to the page from fantasy to life that you can't quite, especially back then, that you couldn't do with classic movies. Right, like the classic uh, uh, cinema... uh CGI not being what it was at that point. Obviously, uh, cartoons was a ultimate realm of fantasy where you could literally craft and create anything. Uh, you know, where whether you're the coyote walking out over the, uh, the edge right. of the cliff and you keep going on, you don't and notice the gravity exists until you look down. You know, it's yeah. just, some of these things are the the the, the you tells can play and with cues. physics. Yeah, yeah that, that we've kind of indoctrinated into ourselves and our own like language of humor over the years. Yeah, I think that's absolutely beautiful. I'm going to roll back to this concept of dark cartoons, because you're right, not all cartoons are designed for children. Some are designed for adults. And, like, that Watership Down, which I watched as a child, I might add, in the UK, was all about rabbits murdering each other and being caught in snares and really horrific concepts of death. That same animation team released an animation called The Plague Dogs, which, if you've not seen it, is even darker 
than that. And I remember as a child watching some things like The Secret of Nim. Yeah, I was going to suggest that's that. Actually, one, yeah. If you watch it, it's a pretty dark animation for mm-hmm. a child to watch. But so beautiful. I think suddenly we talked about heavy metal as well. That mm-hmm. was on my list for kind of dark animations. But I think they're sometimes a lot more poignant and capture the imagination of the audience so much better. Well, you and and you can see. I mean, we could. If we branch off into anime, we could spend like several weeks talking oh, that, about anime that. Anime is going to be its own. Uh, that's going to be its, its own, own topic. thing. But like you take uh, movies like Akira or whatnot that um, you know. Drove oh, Grave! Here's, the... here's the most famous one for dark one. Grave of the Fireflies mm. is a Studio Ghibli, and it's well known as being the most dark, very depressing anime of all time. It's mm. really sad. I that have yet to really have the sad. pleasure of that one. I, w- I wouldn't want to make you cry today, darling. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a tear jerk, which I like. If, an, if a cartoon can make you cry, I think they're doing something really well with it because it yeah. stirs up the emotion. Yeah, the, the, the art supports the, the storytelling in yes. a lot of ways a lot easier in uh, that medium. So, so tell me... Tell me about Adult Swim. Let's go into cartoon realm. What was Adult Swim? What was the purpose of it? Uh, Adult Swim was a uh, is currently, but it, it originally started off as an offshoot of the Cartoon Network. That mm-hmm. after a certain point of night, I don't know if you've ever been to public pools. No. Uh, okay, so I'm, it, I'm British. We, I mean, we might have. I don't have the concept. Yeah, that's right. Of course. Yeah, it's like well, you know, it's just, like a pool in a gym or something. No, it's like a, it would be like a community pool. Oh, community pool. Okay, whether, cool. whether, whether, we have those you too. Yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> So at a certain point in the evening, it's like, all right, every, all the kids out of the water. This is the adult time, you know. Oh, we don't okay. have to. We wouldn't want to deal with any any kids going on. It's eight o'clock, go home, or it's nine o'clock, go home. And now it's just time for adults. It doesn't mean there's any nefarious activities or orgies going on. It just means you get a two, three, four hours where it's just adults, and you can sit there and have adult time. So that would was uh, what was called Adult Swim. So they kind of uh, played on that concept with uh, the Cartoon Network at a certain point in the evening. Uh, In fact, their original promos and uh, liners, they were like, all right, all kids out of the pool. Is that true? Yeah. And uh, I always thought it was like a sexy, like I always felt when I was watching, I'd watch the coast to coast. Yeah. Ghost, space ghost, coast to coast. Space ghost, coast to coast, yeah. And I always felt like I was doing some bad. Tenshi Muyo. Cowboy Bebop, all of these. Well, that's, speaking of which, is getting its Netflix live adaptation. Right. Okay, so that's on coming out. That's coming out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll have yeah. that in the anime conversation. Mm. But you've taught me something new today. I never knew that with the adults. And so I used to watch Cartoon Network. Of course, we had stuff like Dexter's Laboratory. Right. So this is the point Powerpuff where it's like, okay, we're we're you know, I think their their programming day would be to such to where it's like younger early on, and then like, yes. you know, you're you're oh, you're here's a good, here's school. a good, here's a good one, here's a good dark one. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, but you know, was it? Yeah, it was dark. So dark. But it was it was prime time dark for kids. <laughs> was, no, but you you okay? Oh yeah, I've, na- I've watched it. It was yeah. naughty. Naughty. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That's yeah. exactly. That's exactly how it's done. I showed that episode to Michael because I was like, as a kid, this stuff kind of vaguely traumatized me actually. You know, and uh, we had cow and chicken, a couple of other things in the night. Invader Zim, that was a classic. Invader Zim, Nickelodeon. Call that dark, but the, That's the Nickelodeon, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, 
Beavis and Butthead. That's another classic. Yeah, you know, adult and, but that, I think that was specifically geared towards uh, mostly adults, adults. like you know, teens and adults. I mean, that's in the terms of animation, you're getting things like South Park, a mm-hmm. classic adult animation that I watched as a kid. Oh God, yeah. You know, and learned all sorts of terrible words. I mean, growing up, but for and still to this day is going strong. And especially, you know, they just brought Casa Bonita in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Matt Trey Parker. You ever listened to this? God bless you, and I cannot wait to see what you do at the place because I love Casa Bonita. I'm sure the food quality will come up. It will, hopefully. Let's see. We can but hope. Yeah. Although it's part of a charm is you could get food poisoning and die at any time. And then dive in. And, and dive with cliff divers. Right, For those of you who don't know, it's a little kind of almost like theme park based in Colorado. They had an episode on South Park dedicated to it. I used to take people there and do little tour guide groups, and it's great fun. I'd highly suggest if you're in Colorado, do check out Casa Bonita. That's a fact. But yeah, so back into this animation stuff. So you earlier were going to tell me a bit about the history. Oh, there was um, something. There was some kind of thing you were discussing. It was a timeline or something. But I had something actually more interesting to ask you about. Yeah, definitely more interesting than that. The show that you're watching recently. It's called What If, right? Yeah. Yes. Would you designate that as a cartoon? It is, yes, isn't it? It is. Yeah. What is What If? Uh, well, What If is um, it's based upon a Marvel comic called What If, where they toy around with like different pre-existing storylines or narratives that they've uh, developed in their universe, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like an alternate reality. You know, like I remember some of the classic titles, like What If Wolverine Became the King of the Vampires, or yeah, cool. what have yeah. you. Uh, the first two episodes they've dropped uh, so far is. Uh, uh, Agent Carter it ends up uh, being the one to get the super soldier serum to become what should have been Captain America, but uh, yeah, they switch becomes... it and it's very British, isn't it? Yeah, so very British, very, yeah, very right, cool. Yeah. I like it. becomes Captain Carter. So it's like all these alternative universes, what could potentially be mm-hmm. to play around with the timeline, which is in line with the Loki right. stuff they're yeah, doing they're anyway. Right, yeah, really doing a lot, especially with the, with the, all the, the in-game uh, time manipulation, yes. which goes hand-in-hand with the way the, uh, the comics were made. Um, so it's good, and it's good because also, let's talk about the animation, Howard the Duck, <laughs> right, is an animation. Yeah, well, but I've seen the movie and it creeped me out. Yeah, well, so. the, the movie was a live action back in the <laughs> 80s, and I'm sorry, I wouldn't Terrifying. voice that upon anyone other than like, late night uh, forced trailer viewing. Uh, so yeah, uh, so ask me what ask me what my favorite cartoon. What is your favorite cartoon? My favorite cartoon is Over the Garden Wall. Oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful cartoon. piece of animation. It's so eloquently done, so poignant. In fact, um, your previous partner, Gray, was a huge fan and introduced me to that, and we were watching it together at Christmas. Introduced me to it as and well. And I, yeah, I loved it so, so much that I, I think I watched it hundreds of times. I'm yeah, joking. It's an annual I would just, for me now at this point. Yeah, I would just have it on loop, not just because of the animation, but the music. The musical score, which was done by the Blasting Company, amazing musical score in that. And I heard they're actually about to do a um, sequel type thing or a spin-off from it. Did you hear really? that? Really? I had not heard oh, that. Oh, yes. Yeah, and so then and to go, go beyond this point of things becoming things, like sequels and things being born of things, I love this. Um, it's such a comic, and it's called uh, Laura Olympus by oh, Webtoon. Yeah. Been a fan of that for a minute. They actually just got a deal with Netflix. No, not next. Jim Henson, Jim Henson Company, mm-hmm. who do the puppets. They're actually going to be Muppets. doing the Muppets, right? Yeah. The Muppets, <laughs> or of course, the Muppets. But uh, they're actually going to be taking over and doing uh, the uh, the Laura Olympus. Oh, that'd be great! Isn't it amazing? I think that'll be a great animation. I'm 
thrilled. And absolutely. Absolutely thrilled to see that and see how that goes with. But we'll see on that note. This is a whole other podcast from Jim Henson. I was so sad that the new Dark Crystal got cancelled. Yeah. It was very well done. I thought the puppetry and everything within it was amazing. The golfing storylines was accurate to the original Dark Crystal. Well, had that so nostalgia. what happened to that? Enlighten me, because that's, so, I, I think I was a little busy during that whole uh, Yeah, what, what happened, I believe, is that it turns out it's just too expensive in this day and age to really do the puppets correctly. And it takes a lot of people to... So, you know, there's the different characters. Like, you've got the Gelflings, right? Mm-hmm. And then you've got like the eagle-shaped little creatures, Getsky, they're called. Yeah, it takes for yeah. for one of those, it's I'm like Skeksy five and people. I know it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> indeed you are. But it's, it takes like five people to man one puppet. It's an incredibly intense thing. And then what do. were the what were the ones with the long legs? Where they were riding there in the original one. Oh, I don't know. They have little creatures. I know. Yeah, what those were actual about. people. So I guess I imagine yeah. you have to pay for like you know back well, surgery for the next thirty <laughs> years. But if they you have. Get a couple it takes so though. much. People don't understand how much work that chicks put into that. I think originally Netflix was bouncing around the idea. They said, uh, "I watched the making of." They said, "Why don't we make it 3D?" Because like they. Um, Actually, speaking of dark animations, they remade Watership Down, the rabbit cartoon. Did they? 3D. And it was terrible. The rabbits looked like hares, so the hares are larger creatures. Mm. It was all wrong. It didn't quite match up. Something about that uncanny valley thing. Something doesn't right. quite add up in 3D. Now let's get into this. How do you feel about 3D animation? So like Frozen, is, is that a cartoon? What is that? Is it? Okay. Well, I mean, yes, it is a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, well, when you talk about 3D, are you talking about like I'm not the talking, viewing I'm talking experience about, no, not the, the, uh, not the class, I'm talking about, talking about the, the digital animation. The digital animation. Right. Yeah, How well, would like, I explain well, it? So, so we go into like Pixar. Pixar, thank you. Right. What Beautiful. would you call that? Uh, I would still call that an animation. Yeah, but an animation, what's the designated terms? You've got hand-drawn animation, and then what is Pixar? Yeah. Computer-generated. Com- Computer-generated or 3D you. animation. Yeah, 3D animation, that's what I would And, and, yeah. and here, here's one of the things I think where, where Pixar really excelled is because it's a new medium, and obviously technology has grown exponentially since their inception. Oh, um, yes. But it's got a lot easier. Yeah, they have also had a keen eye. They, they didn't let the tech outweigh the storytelling. Yes. And even if it was just a short, like, you know, six-minute short that they were Pixar doing. Pixar have great shorts. You see yeah. the, the jackalope one? It's really good. Yeah. They, would, uh, they, they wouldn't let the technology get in the way of the storytelling. And they did a beautiful job with that. And that's what engendered, uh, you know, a certain amount of fascination and love and reverence uh, for their products. And, uh, in fact, that medium. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to be sure. Here's what I think is interesting. You ever heard this theory? I mean, it's not a theory, it's actually a proven thing. That in animation, when we started with the classic Disney animations, we think of Cinderella, and you know, we have uh, Aladdin, right? And uh, we have Snow White, and Sleeping Beauty, and all of these classic hand-drawn animations, even up until Princess and the Frog, which is the last traditionally hand-drawn animation, which I will say, Princess and the Frog, it's one of my favorite hand-drawn animations. The New Orleans vibes is absolutely beautiful in it. But here's the interesting component, moving from that to Frozen and Rapunzel and all of these things where it's more of a 3D computer-generated mm-hmm. style, which is now commonplace for pretty much everything. Uh, what's interesting about that change is they noted with the princesses, have you ever seen this? They changed the size of their faces and the size of their eyes. 
and it got it got there's actually some articles that are really creepy like brat dolls almost so they actually yeah so like brat, brat dolls perfect example but what happened was we couldn't figure out why it was happening but it was a marketing thing so they realized this sells better and in fact they have infantilized the face of the women from being fairly adult right still with very oval large eyes right but as it moves on they're still adult characters but the facial proportions have changed where they're actually more close to an infant baby now yeah. it's actually a fact that's that's like a, you can read multiple articles right on yeah it. the larger high uh, the, the larger, larger eyes, eyes and tiny nose, nose narrower but, chin yes yeah. like but it's more it's more to a baby's proportion i think mm. maybe that's because if kids are watching it they might associate be more comfortable with something on screen that looks closer to them because well, they're kids as well. possibility, or they're marketing it to the, the ticket yeah. buyer of the house. And, right, you know, exactly, the, which is that. You know. But it's completely changed. It went from very... Like, if you look at Sleeping Beauty, right, today to you look at Elsa in Frozen, you compare it, you can actually see the size different. And in fact, it's not just that. I've noticed, no, look at Up. You've seen Up, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that one is... You know, you know, it's based on you know, it's based on a real story, right? I did not. Yeah, Up is based on a real story. There was I was reading about it the other day. There was this beautiful little house, and uh, an elderly woman, I believe, lived in there. And uh, they were trying every other house around it was bought up by corporations, and they offered her a million dollars. We'll give you a million dollars if you sell your house. And she was like 86 years old or something. She said, uh, no. Not going to do that, and they got really pissed off her, and she won the fight actually. And so there's this beautiful picture you can find online of these tall corporate buildings, and then this beautiful little house in the middle. And she lived and died there. Oh, and that's it, isn't that lovely? That I think is. it's such a lovely story. So beautiful. But I love that. But the point is that I'm talking about the. We tend to do this thing in Pixar movies now, and in our animation in general. Like if you've seen Animal Crackers, it's not a Pixar, but it's very similar. We just tend to cartoonize people's faces. Right, so the noses become a lot more elongated on men, you know, and the eyes become a lot larger on women. And in like up, the guy's very she's he's obviously an elderly man, so we think of elderly people having being shorter in stature. Right, their spines he's really so once you he's walk really spine, tiny. He's like this really tiny thing. The dog has his giant nose, and so. But then here's what I think is interesting, and here's a, here's a great animation cartoon question for you that a lot of people on the internet actually agree with. You get all these live-action remakes now. So, for example, you know The Lion King. Right. <clears throat> Classic animation, Disney animation. They redid it as a live-action. It didn't do as well. Did it not? It did not do as well. And here's the argument that people had about it, which I think was interesting. Like Lady and the Tramp. They redid that. That's one of the worst things I'd ever seen in my life. The redo, not the original. Mm. The original is amazing. And I don't think what they've figured out yet at Disney is that the reason why people like the original is because if we're going to animate creatures and animals, we want them to look cartoonish and enjoyable to look at. Mm -hmm. If you actually have Lady and the Tramp as a remake and it's an actual looking dog, like it looks super hyper realistic, mm -hmm. I think it's harder to see the human aspects within it. In right. Okay. Right. I, I, yeah. So you have you have that. Like whole... uh, like Beast Stars. What do you think about Beast Stars? <clears throat> 
Oh, it's, it's, it's lovely. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a lovely cartoon. Yeah, it uh, ch- challenges some things. It's like, wow, okay, there's uh, some... Uh, was it anthropo- anthropomorphic? Yes, yeah, there that's we go. right. Uh, I can work around the furries. Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a podcast dedicated to furries on here as well. <laughs> yeah, it's right, yeah. It's like a furries playground right there. But uh, that's actually a, net, that's a Netflix thing, so that has now become mainstream. Isn't mm-hmm. that interesting? A lot of things that were previously taboo are now very mainstream. Why didn't the snake get arms? That's, that's my question. I know! Okay, right. please explain that for the viewers. I, I don't know. I mean, well, so there's, there's a character on there that is it's a, a snake. snake. It has a human... human uh, ish face and a uh, hat worn roguishly askew um, <laughs> but uh, is basically a snake why didn't the snake get uh, she's a security know? guard for right. the high school because it's all these animals that are anthropomorphized so they yeah. do you know who was the first person to ever anthropomorphize like creatures to that human skill mm. do you know Beatrix Potter why does that name sound familiar Beatrix Potter is very famous for doing cartoons well she was originally, she would draw them and then they became cartoons. You know Peter Rabbit? Yeah, oh yeah. She was yeah. the creator of Peter Rabbit. Okay. And she, well, the story is pretty sad. I was reading up on a story the other day. It's a very sad story. She was desperately in love with this chap and unfortunately he passed away. And she was so grief-stricken that she moved out to the Cotswolds in England. She was living in the countryside, the lake, we call it actually the Lake District, mm. is where she was living in a beautiful cottage. And in the Victorian era, there were a lot of botanists who used to draw flowers, right? There were also people who would draw animals, creatures. Mm-hmm. And so she did that. And she started penning a letter, I believe it was to one of her relatives, and she would include little watercolour cartoon adaptations very early on this is the Victorian era and these became so beloved as books in England as children books you know Peter Rabbit mm-hmm. Jemima Puddle Duck you know there's so, there's so many good ones and, and very, it's actually one of my favourite cartoons growing up they had a beautiful animated rendition but uh, yeah she took she did remarry but she never let go of her grief with her and you can actually if you look at the books you can see a lot of her reflections in that which I think is beautiful even though she remarried, she still loved him tremendously. And they found some of the letters later on. It was fascinating, of their kind of love affair and everything. It was a lovely thing. So there's that. And we're actually at 25 minutes, so we're drawing... Drawing to the to close both. of the cartoon uh, discussion. We could do more. Oh, that's a thing about the cartoon. There's so many great cartoons. What do you think about Archer? I like Archer. Can we talk about Crackers <laughs> the Parrot? Crackers the Parrot, yeah. He reminds me a lot of our parrot, I will yeah. say. They look identical in, yeah. in the colouring of the red feathers and everything. Makes me wish I had a John Benjamin's voice. Archer's is a, is a great, again, a, a very adult cartoon, kind of like you're talking about Venture Bros. And I would mm-hmm. encourage you, if you've not seen Venture Bros, please check it out. Why would you, if, you, this, if this is a parting note, why should someone watch this one in particular? Oh, the, the, the writing is sharp as hell. I don't know if you've ever watched anything like um, Arrested Development or anything where it's episodic and it builds upon itself. They build a very rich tapestry of stories and interplay, playing with the whole concept of the whole Johnny Quest, Clutch Cargo, 60s era cartoons where there's the the kids uh, that are the, the the sons of the super scientists that are fighting the the robots or you know evil Doctor Z or whatever, very campy or whatnot. But then you take it forward to the next generation where they're kind of like living off their dad's money. Uh, they're not exactly psychologically well developed. 
they have kids of their own and they're dealing with their own personal trauma, but it's done in a really humorous way and they still have so the same funny. little tropes and they, they're they very much on the nose of like, well, wait a minute, why are we doing this? And it's like there's the Guild of Calamitous Intent, which represents the, the bad guys. Wait a minute, that's hurtful. I mean the antagonists, uh, whereas uh, the, the uh, other one is... Uh, uh, the, the protagonist, which mm-hmm, is, uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, OSI. Uh, anyway, it, they just build a very, very wonderful... Speech lock. It's a beautiful arc, and, like, if you start from the beginning... How many, how many seasons of it? Uh, there's seven, and hopefully HBO picks it up and keeps going on. Now, it's seven seasons, but you it started back that. in 2001. Do you think... Well, let me ask you this question. Do you think today the Venture Bros could exist in a- the world? Absolutely. You do absolutely. with the same yeah. degree of comedy. Because we talk about how comedy as a bold match should be its own podcast. Yeah, well, they d- they didn't do one every year. They started in 2001 okay. on Adult Swim, as you uh, referenced mm-hmm. earlier. And uh, sometimes it would take two, two and a half years, because they're still doing traditional animation but it's the writing, it's the voice work, it's the character development, all these things. God, can we just say that Brock is yeah. delicious for voice work? And he grows throughout time. All these characters grow now, what, throughout what time. Else, who is the voice actor and what else does he do? Oh, uh, Patrick Warburton. Uh, he was uh, Kronk in... Uh, Emperor's like, New Groove. That's, yeah, New that's Groove, why I recognize circle. it. Yeah, you know? So if you like the Emperor's New Groove and you like Kronk, pull the lever, Kronk. Yeah, Not you know. wrong lever! That's a good <laughs> excellent. Really excellent voice work he does a very and he's still comedic but a darker character so you want to see him really in his element i would highly suggest watching this cartoon yeah. it's very enjoyable and there's how many seasons have you, yeah, uh, seven, seven and hopefully seven, yes, seven, seven seasons you can seasons. you can binge on right now mm. where do they find it they want to find oh uh, it's it would be on i believe hbo and also HBO. um amazon of course for yeah. if you want to buy the seasons um uh, but definitely uh, might be on Hulu too, but I know that uh, HBO picked them up. So I will say it's also pleasing to watch the art style develop within this because if you start at season one, you can tell that they've got the pilot and they're kind yeah. of figuring out the different designs of the character and what they're going to be. But it's, it evolves. Each of the characters have a beautiful arc, but a beautiful development there. Like I really like to see people develop characters specifically so that you can relate to them and enjoy and really feel a personal connection. By the end of it you're like you feel like you're part of their the family, family. Yeah. And you're running say, around yeah. with them and enjoying all the crazy adventures, which is amazing. So yeah, the Venture Bros, that's definitely and I will say the monarch He's my favorite character. He's an ENFP. He's an ENFP. Like That's why he's your favorite character. Well. And Dr. Girlfriend, pretty cool as well. But yeah, a fantastic show. So we're drawing, we're 29 minutes. We're at the end now. Well, that's a good place yeah. to end it. It's so, here. We're, yeah. we're at the end. Right. And uh, I think we're going to be doing, I think we've decided now we're going to do an anime one. It's going to happen, right? Yeah, it has to, yeah. It is. That's the decision at the end of this podcast. There will be one dedicated anime. Tell me, what is your favorite Cartoon. If you want to leave a comment where I put this under Facebook, let me know because I'm really curious to see what you like. Regardless if you're an 80s child or a 90s child, I want to know what you have enjoyed and love. And uh, yeah, without further ado, <sighs> there yeah. it is. Yeah, we're gonna have to do a 2.0. Yeah, yeah so it's there, there we go. I just, I just realized we didn't even cover the remakes of He-Man and Voltron, oh which were amazing. God, but you know so what? There's so much to do. We can have a point. I've done many point twos. This will yeah, just be point one. There we so this go. is cartoons 
one point, point zero. zero. Yeah. Yeah. Sandwiches. Thank you for listening. Without further ado, good night and take care.